They defended, they rebounded, and they got out, and they run. And that's what Coach Izzo talks about. That's what they did today. And the Spartans, really from start to finish, able to get their first conference win of the season. And then off the face of Hauser. Izzo and company improved to 9-2. and two. The 19th ranked team now has 11 days to rest before their next matchup. Hello, everybody. You are listening to a new episode of Spartan Crazies. This is Ryan uh, with Tim. And uh, took a week off. I was feeling kind of under the weather, and our schedules didn't really meet up. So uh, two weeks later, here we are. So uh, during the two weeks, MSU football, uh, we're going to start out with that, uh, was uh, just uh, signed their 2022, the majority, well, everybody that, committed signed uh last Wednesday so it was kind of a really weird signing day because there was five guys MSU was in on that day well four really because one of the guys committed the night before Malcolm Jones from uh Virginia flipped from Virginia Tech um but yeah there were I guess four guys on signing day that MSU was waiting to hear from one of them they already knew about for a while, Caleb Coley, who's uh, I think is going to be really good, a defensive back from uh, Georgia. He's committed to Vanderbilt for a while. He actually had Clemson and Georgia offers, so he's a really good player. Really excited about him. Uh, I think he's going to get some playing time pretty quick right away, just looking at Michigan State's uh, secondary this past year. Uh, he's a top 400 kid. Uh, like I said, his offer sheet was really impressive, so... They got him. He signed. Um, they got Zion Young, uh, who was committed to West Virginia for a while and wound up uh, signing with MSU. MSU kind of had to hold off Missouri late, and uh, he, w- he, was, he signed with the Spartans. Um, Armani Winfield uh, wound up going to uh, Texas, top 250 kid, uh, from Texas, was committed to Texas for a while. MSU really led for him for like up until like the last week of his recruitment, and then he went and took a visit to Baylor and uh, kind of opened things up a bit. But he didn't even wind up signing with Baylor. He wound up signing with Texas, so uh, stays in state there. And the big fish, man, I was this is the one I really wanted, but I can't really blame him for. I guess sticking with uh, what he's known for years. Uh, Keontae Goodwin, the big 6'8", 350-pound offensive tackle from Kentucky. Sticks with the Wildcats. You could tell he was really having trouble uh, making a decision between MSU and Kentucky. Uh, the fact that Mel Tucker was able to make this such a hard decision for him, yeah, you can say, oh, we are talking about a moral victory. Well... He only got – I mean, he came on campus like four times, and three of them were uh, on his own dime. So, I mean, there was clear interest from him. He, I think he was legitimately torn. He didn't even sign until the next day. Like, he, he postponed his decision during the day that he was supposed to uh, – that he was committing, which was signing day on Wednesday. Pushed it back twice. Was supposed to sign at 9 o'clock in the morning, decided – not to. I uh, was supposed to commit at 3 o'clock p.m. Did not commit at then. And then at 5 o'clock, he finally uh, said that he was sticking with the Wildcats. So uh, I think that that recruitment, honestly, is a good sign to come from Michigan State. And that's a five-star. It's not only just a five-star. It's a five-star that's not in the Midwest region. So Mel Tucker is able to get on kids like that. Just imagine what he's going to be able to do in the future. And now he's got, and I said this on Twitter last week, a lot of these kids wound up committing to Michigan State when after a 2-5 and five season. This was a top 25 class. Imagine what Mel Tucker can do now that he can sell a 10-win season, beating Michigan again. I... Uh, and now he's got Kenneth Walker sold every single running back he wants to go after in the country. So 
I'm excited. I think that this is just a great sign for the future. Uh, and I said this earlier, this is probably Mel Tucker's second worst class he's ever going to have in Michigan State. So if every single class that he has is a top 25 class, I'm going to be a pretty happy person. And Michigan State, I think, honestly, in the future, can get top 20, top 15 classes. So, uh, but yeah, that was what happened with the signing with uh, signing day, really, with uh, the 2022 class. Michigan State was able to secure uh, a transfer uh, commitment from uh, Chris Bogle from Florida, who was a top 100 uh, recruit. And he's got, I think, three or four years of eligibility left. So he's uh, he's needed because Michigan State needs edge rushers because they lose, uh, they lose Drew Beasley and they lose um, Jacob Ponishuk. So I expect Bogle to come in have an immediate impact, along with uh, the linebackers that signed in uh, Aaron Brule and uh, and Jacoby Windman. Uh, those guys are going to play right away as well. I think I think that uh, the, def- the defense got a lot better. And uh, the thing is, if you can get a pass rush, it, it can cover up a lot of your issues in the secondary. So hopefully that's what's able to happen with MSU is that uh, they're able to get a pass rush and the second some of the pressure can get taken off the secondary. I'm not defending the secondary by any means. They were terrible this year. But if you can get a pass rush, it can cover up a lot of issues. So getting a guy like Bogle, guy like Winman, guy like Brule, big plus for next year. And with the transfer portal, and you saw last year, you can turn over a roster right away. Well, Tucker did that last year with guys like Claveris Crouch, obviously Kenneth Walker, Jared Horst, go on and on and on. Drew Jordan uh, last year. So... I expect, uh, I think the 2022 class is going to wind up being a pretty good class. There's uh, some really good players. I really like got the in-state guys that they got. They got, they really, I mean, swept the in-state uh, top kids, really. They signed four of the top ten. Uh, I think the next school had two. I think it was Notre Dame. So, uh, MSU is getting the top talent in the state of Michigan. I'd expect that to... Uh, I don't know if it's going to be to this extent. I mean, unfortunately, Michigan has uh, finally, unfortunately, has some uh, some hardware they can dangle. It's kind of sucks, but uh, I, I, I've said this before. I will take Mel Tucker's future any day over what's going on there. So, <laughs> um, yeah. What's going on there? What's going on there? So, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I would hope it doesn't take him seven years to win the Big Ten championship, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, I mean, hey, congratulations. You finally did it, buddy. You know, it only took you seven years. To be pat- it's like patting somebody on the back for graduating high school in seven years, dude. It's like, yeah. congratulations, man. You finally did what you were supposed to do. I, I don't mean, know if graduating high school is a, a fair um, analogy, but. College. Okay, college. Graduating college in seven years, getting a bachelor's degree in seven years. um, There is this Italian soccer player, Mario Balotelli, who's kind of famous for some of his zingers and one-liners. And he said he doesn't celebrate scoring goals because that would be like the mailman celebrating delivering mail. (laughs) So that's that's why uh, what I think of is uh, one in seven – it should be more of like a whoo. Finally, like, yeah. Like a, like a sign of relief. I'm not going to get fired now. Which yeah, exactly. I have Michigan fan friends who are saying during this past season, saying like Harbaugh should they be out. They should have been saying that. They were right. I mean, in, in games where they're, you know, 3, 4, 5, and 0, oh, I had Michigan fans. Oh, in this season. Yeah, that was kind of ridiculous. After last season, well, sure. No, but they, they, they were just Set up. Yeah, I don't Are you expecting it to be different? I really hope that this does not come back to bite me in the ass. But if Mel Tucker is uh, struggling, is not uh, making a big ten, winning a Big Ten title in seven years, I'm probably going to be pretty unhappy. So, I mean, but I mean, I, like I said, they have so much to sell now, and uh, and Tim and I have said this before. Uh, a lot of these uh, young black kids want to play for a black coach, so. 
that is a positive in my mind with Michigan State. Uh, they have that going for them in their recruiting. Cause, I mean, they, they can relate to somebody like that. So, um, It's definitely something that couldn't hurt um, recruiting. And not just because of anything. Like We're not going to simplify this, but... Um, there should be way more black coaches in football. Absolutely. And this is just the start of a, a wave of kind of writing that. Um, there, I mean, the amount of the disproportion is just like it doesn't make sense statistically, especially when you look at how many It's like 70% football black, players. Black themselves. players. Yes. So, yeah. um, I think even more so than that, Mel Tucker, he's just got like – some serious swag. He like, does. Wh- I'm not saying this because I'm a Michigan State fan. I mean, the dude can – he's well-dressed. Like, we're, we're going to compare him to the other Big Ten coaches? Are we ki- you kidding it's me? It's not even close. Like, he's the cool – I see a lineup, I'd be like, that guy's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not just saying that. Like, it's, it's – this true. is objective. Yeah, it's true. He's got cool edits. The whole, like, marketing thing that CW brought up. Like, man – they are doing something right. And I think there's a reason. Now, we can get to this. He said that we got tons of people who want to come to us from the transfer portal. Um, you know, we can talk about that statement, but Mel Tucker did say he that. He did say that. And if that was exactly true as he said it, like, I think there's a very understandable reason. I know a few guys that uh, they said no to because uh, they just don't have the space and they, you know. They can only take so many guys. I mean, they can be selective. So, yeah, I, he's right. I mean, they can get they can get their pretty much their almost their pick of the litter now of guys that they want from the transfer portal. I mean, they're not gonna hit. They're not gonna get everybody, of course. I mean, you're always gonna miss out. There's always gonna be some misses, but they got three, four. They got four guys already that they wanted from the get go. They they wanted those guys here. It's not like that. Like Jacoby Winman. He had like 18 offers, and most of them were Power 5 offers. The guy is legit. Chris Bogle, Kentucky wanted him. MSU beat Kentucky out for him. Um, I'm sure Jalen Berger had plenty of uh, other Power 5 offers. And uh, Aaron Brule was an impact player um, in 2020 uh, for Mississippi State. Yeah, he took a step back this year, but he's shown he can get it done. So... I mean, I'm excited about those four guys. I'm sure that I think they can add another three or four from the portal. As they said, they're going to take 32 guys. I can't remember how many. I think uh, they they signed 21 guys in their class. I don't know how exactly num- the numbers were. I know they can bring in 32 kids in the signing period. So there's more space for guys to come in. I don't know how many they're going to take. But we'll see. They might take somebody in the late signing period, a high schooler, maybe a running back. I don't know what's going to happen, um, but I mean, technically, the twenty twenty two class isn't over. But at max, I think they'll add one or two more high school kids. May, even if they add one, I don't even know. Um, but I'm sure somebody will pop up in the next, you know, uh, two months or whatever it is. So, but yeah. Uh, speaking of the transfer portal, there are a couple guys that transferred out. Cam Allen, tight end from the twenty twenty one class, didn't play at all this year. He's in the portal. Ian Stewart's in the portal. Um, he had one catch for like eight yards this year or something like that. He They tried him out at tight end, didn't work there, moved him back to wide receiver. So he's out. Um, Cole DeMarzo, safety from, uh, excuse me, South Carolina uh, in D'Antonio's last class, 2020 class. He's gone. Uh, I'd expect a lot more attrition. Uh, some of these guys, <coughs> excuse me, uh, some of these guys, and, and the thing with Mel Tucker's last class, the first one that he had, they didn't really get to bring anybody in on recruiting trips, I mean, until later on. So a lot of, they took a lot of these guys just based off Zoom, and some of these kids didn't have film because they didn't play football for a whole entire year. So some of these guys just might be misses, and they didn't really get a fair chance to evaluate them. And they just aren't good enough to play here, unfortunately. I mean, that's what happens in college football. It's a sad reality. Um, and uh, I, I don't – like, the 2021 class is going to be – I think there's going to be a lot of misses. And it's no fault of the coaching staff. 
because they only had one week before um, the entire world shut down after they got hired, and they didn't have visits for a year and a half. So, and like I said, some of these schools didn't even some of these kids' high schools didn't even play football because it was shut down. I mean, so you only have, can do so much evaluation with that. So expect more transfer from the 2021 class. All I'm going to say, don't be upset. A lot of these guys are that are leaving, it's not worth getting mad over because they're just not playing at all. Like, like yeah, it, I'd rather, like, I guess it kind of sucks if it's a kid that's been there for a year because they didn't really get a chance to, I guess, uh, acclimate themselves into the program. But if you guys guys like Stewart leaving or like a James Ohanba, no disrespect to those guys, but if you're not in the two deep by like your junior year, it's not working out. So or so I mean it's for the best for some of these kids mm-hmm. to uh, go elsewhere and uh I mean they're not gonna play here, so but yeah, I mean that's all I really got for football. Uh I guess what's When's the when's the Peach Bowl? Like the thirtieth. Okay, so we got next week. I was gonna say we're not gonna have to preview it. So Jesus, yeah. I can't. I don't know why. Well, I, you. I mean, do we know for sure now that? Oh, we forgot that Kenneth Walker's not. Jesus, I can't believe I forgot to bring this up. Yeah, Kenneth Walker's not playing in the Peach Bowl. Well, which everybody <sighs> knows by now, but also the quarterback. Pickett. Yeah, Kenny Pickett's out, and their starting corner is not playing. So, this game kind of lost a lot of luster. I don't care because I this is a this is a whole different. I can open a whole Pandora's box on this conversation. If you are bitching about Kenneth Walker not playing in the bowl game, you are a certified idiot. <laughs> the kid, there is no point in him playing in a glorified exhibition. And I hate to say it, that's what it is now with these with these non playoff bowls. It's a glorified exhibition. It doesn't mean much of anything. Why would he risk millions of dollars possibly getting hurt? You've seen it happen before with guys like Jalen Smith and Jake Butt. Lost millions of dollars because they they got hurt in their bowl game. In a non-playoff game, by the way. Um, so, yeah. don't I don't blame him. Thank you for everything you did. If you are a Spartan fan bitching about him not playing in the bowl game, just turn in your fan card. End it. We don't want to hear from you. It's the dumbest take ever. Like, <clears throat> there's these people that are like, you need to finish the job. It's like, the dude played 12 games. The semester's over, actually. So, I mean, he played the semester. And uh, they're like, you need to pay back a scholarship. I'm like, I cannot believe some of these people, man. They are so stupid. I, I, I like, okay. I totally agree with you, but it's the old school it is. mindset it is. that people can't shake. The reality is that this has changed. It used to really matter. Yeah, and I, yeah, it did. It did. And it, it doesn't anymore. I mean, if the best talents are opting out, there's, there's your answer. Like, does it matter? No. no. And, First of all, um, it's not really that serious. Like, like, like nobody is going not to, for anything. Nobody really cares. No, do you think people are going to remember in 10 years? Oh, yeah. Remember who won that Peach Bowl in 2020? Yeah. It's not actually for anything. Um, whereas it used to be for something. It used yeah, to Yeah, under the old system, like the Rose Bowl, when it was Big Ten, Pac-12, that mattered. Because that was the champions of both leagues playing against each other. Yeah. Now it doesn't matter. Like, and if you want to be mad at anybody, be pissed at the playoff committee for not expanding the playoff. Don't blame a kid for protecting himself from losing millions of dollars. It's, you're yeah. mad at the wrong and people. That, that was my second of all. The kid is not actually – he's like basically a pro athlete that's playing for free. And you want him to play for more – Potentially more free than like what he should actually be getting paid. Now, now these guys, to be clear, Kenneth Walker, I've seen him literally on my television. He's getting he's paid. Make, he's making money. Um, but the point is, is like this is kind of a business at this point. Yep. A guy like Kenneth Walker, you have to understand that he's a running back. He he, of all the positions, he has to make sure 
that he can actually get paid to do this. And you're mad that he was doing it kind of for free, and he's opting out of the what Ryan said, the exhibition game. And if you disagree, that's probably because you're, like, old. It's, that's really the people that are saying this. I, I, and, I mean, I, I, I don't want to go into a whole spiel about the older generation. Because there, there are some people that, these older people that I really like. And these people are the people that are not complaining about it that I like. They're saying, oh, yeah, this is a great idea. But there's some people, man, they're just like. Like not all, I'm not saying all old people are like that, but some of them are just like, no. dude, come on! Like, we're what gonna, are we doing? We're about to be canceled for ageism. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, like at this point, these guys should be getting paid, and they are sort of now. Well, and he needs to secure the bag. My thing is, and if these bowl games don't want to lose these top players, how about you give them big NIL deals to play in your bowl game? That's an excellent point. Isn't that a great – isn't that just a hot, amazing take? Like, you know? Yeah. I, that's I, I, what I've been th- – I've been thinking about that, like, all week. I'm like, yeah, if the Peach Bowl doesn't want to lose the three best gonna, players playing in it. You're probably going to see that. But if they don't expand the playoff, I'm sure you will. I'm sure oh, you well. will. College football, absolute mess. Dude, they need to – they either need to expand the playoff or – and get like, rid of some of I get games. why you love it. I get why everyone loves it, but come on. For, you see, the the postseason setup on it sucks. I, I, I You're not going to hear my art. I, I've always said college basketball has the best postseason out of any sport. College football is terrible. They need to fix it. It might be the worst of any it sport. It's so bad. <laughs> the NBA is pretty bad. Who was the team that went undefeated and they just got like some weird bull? UCF. Yeah, I mean, are you kidding me? <coughs> you literally can't win. The, you can't. Win all your games. Oh, you are you talking it. about uh, the, uh? No, it was UCF. No, they played. They played. I mean, they they played in a New Year's Six Bowl, but like I said, they don't. Really Which matter. is a game that matter. doesn't matter. They don't matter. Yeah, you can't even. You're UCF. You win every game. You still can't even get a. Try. That's why I was laughing really hard last year when when uh, Cincinnati was like, I can't believe we didn't make the playoff. I'm like, and like this, like we we took Georgia the way. I'm like, yeah, Georgia had like ten players that sat. <laughs> Congratulations, and yeah, Cincinnati fans are about to learn real fast. How much fun it is playing an SEC team at full strength? Oh, oh that's boy, gonna, that's gonna be pretty. It's gonna be Alabama, Notre Dame, oh, all over again. Oh my god! Um, is uh, that all you had? Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think so. I I just wanted to talk about that. Um, yeah, I don't have. I I actually applaud Kenneth Walker for shooting out the bowl game. Good for you, man. Go go make your money. Go make your money, man. Seriously. And he's still going to be a legend forever, no yep. matter, like, even though he's not playing in this game. Always going to be a legend. Yep. Um, so we're we doing basketball now? Yeah. Yep. <sighs> you know, it's kind of sad that we couldn't have talked to each other about this last week when it was a little more fresh and... A little more exciting because there's been this long break. The, yeah. It's one of the longest breaks of the season, like until the end of the season. Um, Michigan State, you know, essentially we open up 2-0 and in the Big Ten. Um, Minnesota on the road. Minnesota. They, okay, they, I, might, they might not be that bad. I'll say this. I've heard a lot of like national media still be like, no, it's Minnesota. Like, they're not going to be that good. Um, because all of the analytics say that. Like, uh, they're not favored heavily in, in Ken Palm still. They did jump to six, like. They're like a tier one win or something. Like they, Q, Q1 win or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, it is a Q1, uh, that win in Minnesota. So that's kind of a good segue. You know, it's. Traditionally not that big of a win, but this season could shape up to be really solid resume piece um, for for MSU. I okay. I told Ryan I was very sure MSU was going to win by double digits. They were they were winning that game by double digits, and they end up. And I said if they don't win by double digits, it'll be that late game BS, yep. like fouls and you know just chucking threes. It they handily beat Minnesota. And they had an answer. Every big bucket, Gabe Brown would come with a bucket. Malik Hall would get a bucket. Tyson Walker was even in is in there now, getting um you know, I think he's been double digits the last two games. Uh 
it was a really solid road um, performance. I think that place was bumping. And I watched the press conference, Ben Johnson. He um, First thing he said was like thanking the fans for having such a crazy atmosphere. Because even when they were down double digits, I mean, these Minnesota fans were really bringing it. Like they, they just really appreciate the team. Uh, I think Minnesota's pretty solid. They've got a bunch of seniors – you know, from all over the place, yeah. and and maybe they haven't played together, and maybe it's a first year coach, but this is an experienced basketball team with some dudes, and um, I think Peyton Willis might have an argument for the best point guard in the conference right now. I mean, um, that was a decent team, and to beat them on the road in that fashion, I think was extremely. Um, I think you agree, Ryan, right? Like, you're starting to feel it. You're starting to yeah, think yeah. the thoughts. Going on Minnesota, I think they're going to run out of gas at some point because they only play seven guys. I totally agree. Um, but, but if that's right not now, the concern. The, the later in the year, this win might not look as good, but don't get me wrong. Don't, don't, don't let that fool you. It's a good win, especially right now, because Minnesota is still, I mean, it's the beginning of the year and their guys aren't dead yet. And uh, later in the year, they they're might gonna lose struggle. Their legs. They're yeah. going to lose their legs. But... Right now, they get one one big injury, and that would also they, they are, yeah, then they're done. Hopefully, um, nobody gets hurt. Yep. Um, you know, Izzo and Ben Johnson have this kind of cool relationship. Apparently, Izzo's really like um, taking him on under his wings, so to speak, and like trying to help him be good, mm. um, which would be unheard of. You know, in some sort of like capacity of a guy who's really trying to, you know, a, a coach in your own conference, right. trying to help him be good. Um, there's, you know, some pleasantries, but I don't know about all that. Uh, they really like each other. Um, Ben Johnson was really gushing about Izzo in the press conference, just about how he's treated him. And, um, it was complimentative, uh, complimentative or complimentary? You sure? Okay. Complimentary of, um, the team though. And he thought that they were extremely solid. And I agreed. You know, Tyson Walker is really starting to come on. And I'm going to just bring up, because I want to die on this hill if I'm I'm very wrong. I felt very strongly that Walker was going to be the best player. Um, And I said that was going to be different than high scoring players. Yes. Which I said Gabe Brown, 14 points a game. We'll see how that turns out. But... Walker, I think he's just the key, man. You know, if we lost Bingham, knock on wood, that would be that would derail the season. But he, he's the point guard. You know, that's just more important. Yeah. It's it's a guards league. It's a guards game in the college game, and um, he's starting to show real swag. Nothing's lucky. It it's so obvious to me that he can only get better. And he might miss some shots, and that might regress, okay? But in terms of how he knows how to be in Izzo's offense, how he knows how to run his team, his options, when to take the shot, when to pass, once he starts getting it, I mean, it's not, you, you see it's not like athleticism that's letting him down. It's not um, his uh, you know, defense that's letting him down. It's not his shooting that's letting him down. He could get shots off. Uh, maybe he should take more, but... There's nothing that's going to stop him. Like, right. Walker, if he explodes into a consistent double-digit score, keeps up these assists, he's averaging like one and a half steals a game, which um, I think he's going to start to get more of those. He's just been swiping at everything and getting unlucky so far. Um, Tyson Walker is a star in the making. And if he does explode, I mean, I'm, I'm not being uh, dramatic when I say that's a Final Four team. For sure. Yeah, they can. They they definitely uh, – the guard play wins you games in March. And uh, if he continues on the trajectory he's on, they're going to win a lot of games in March. And the way that they went into the barn with that sort of calm, collected um, nature and just kind of destroyed Minnesota. I mean, other than a late push that's just yeah, where you're was, jacking threes. I wouldn't – I mean, hell, man, it was, it, was, it was not even close to the point where I went to bed at halftime. Yeah, I'm, and it's the defense, yeah. which travels. I know these are stereotypes, but it is true. You can remember like how to you know form in defense 
no matter what court you're on. Sometimes the rims are weird when you go to a different places. Can't hit a thing. That is common. All the basketball yeah. players will say that. Yeah. Um, backdrops being different to what you're used to, that affects that kind of stuff. But defense, you're just you're just doing what you guys practice all the time, no matter who's on the opposite side. But um, that's kind of a decent segue into talking about Oakland. We'll get there because I still want to talk about Penn State. But Oakland does do this crazy zone. And uh, it's going to be weird, and it's going to be a strange game. Yeah. <coughs> So, Penn State, I, I mean, we both agreed yeah, Penn State was going to be an easy win. Yeah, Penn State's really bad. <laughs> it was an easy win. Um, MSU got you know was getting stops, getting steals. Tyson Walker, by the way, has figured out how to comfortably like finish his like breakaway steals. Like on both that I saw in the Penn State game. He waits for the swipe. He pulls the ball back over his shoulder really far while, like, running up for the layup. Did it twice. And what I, why I say this is it's clear that he's becoming more confident. He knows I'm just going to go up there, do this move, boom, easy layup, and that's what it was. Not to mention Tyson Walker also blew past their defense in a classic Izzo push-up-the-court shooters run in diagonals to the wings and what's that do? Spacing. If they're not ready and they didn't run up fast enough, Tyson Walker just runs past them. Layup. And, uh, and one of them, he had his tongue sticking out. I think he's starting to have fun. And I think that's an underrated part of this. He's, I watched Northeastern highlights. He was always just like a, just a total robot. Um, very focused, which you could say is a good thing. But he looks like he's truly enjoying this experience. Mm-hmm. And um, winning... Never hurts. So I I really like the trajectory right now. I think that they're for sure going to have a regression when it comes to shooting percentages because they're kind of shooting lights out. Um, I even said it. I was watching the game with my girlfriend. I was like, Malik Hall and Jaden Akins have made like six straight, both of them. Like they have to miss their next one. And now you might say, Tim, what the hell? Why did you say that? But it was exactly right. They did – you know, you just can't shoot like that. No, it doesn't doesn't work that way. I mean, hell, um, you saw you've seen it with Purdue. They they have their shooting was uh, on fire and it's kind of fallen off a cliff in the last. And few I days. and I said that I think I might have even said that you on did. the podcast. Um, they're still going to be a force, but oh yeah, uh, I do think that they look a little more human, especially coming to the Breslin. Man, that's going to be. It's gonna be a hell That's of a game. We should go to that. I I, I will be there. <laughs> I mean, I could have. I would have bet everything I own that Ryan already had like tickets <laughs> or something. Um, so you know, Penn Penn State not really a, a like a great team, but you want to start two zero. Getting that road win was big. Um, you know, they're you could say they're first in the Big Ten right now, tied um, with Ohio State. And there might be another. I'm not looking at the thing right now. Um, I just really um, am impressed so far. And if you look back at the past like five years of MSU basketball, this is objective. I, I looked into this. Michigan State has gotten better, no matter what you want to say, in four out of five of those years. I think uh, Jaron Jackson Jr.'s year at Michigan State – they probably regressed a little by March, in yeah. my opinion. Um, but four, or five, four out of five of those years, Michigan State basketball has gotten better. Well, guess what? We're talking about a basketball team that is 20th on Ken Palm. They are going to be top 10 in defense all season, I think, but they are now at sixth. And their offense, offense and adjusted efficiency has jumped to 38th. Um, you remember when we looked at this Ken Palm record at the beginning of the season? It was, it was like something crazy. It was like 16-11 or yeah. something. I, that doesn't even add up right. Um, it was like 18-13. and 13 think, or, Yeah, something like that. And I, I said to you, and you totally agreed, like that's not going to be the record, yeah. period. Well, now we're at 22-9. and nine. And if you want to take a little of an interesting look, um, Ken Palm, in the moment that we are now recording, uh, Ken Palm projects... That <laughs> let me find it. They get will it right. tie for the Big Ten. No, 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 no. 
Right now, Ken oh, Palm Purdue, projects yeah. Purdue wins by two, yeah. but this has actually been moving a lot, and that there will be a three-way tie for second. Second place. Illinois, Ohio State, Michigan State. So the reason I bring that up is absolutely – and the projection is actually kind of weird. It's not based on the score of each game because if you go onto their Ken Palm page and click – they are, you know, they aren't going thirteen and seven based on the scores. Right. It's based on like a percentage of likelihood. It's weird, but um, Michigan State on any given day is projected maybe one game out of Purdue. And guess what? Michigan State, State plays them once at home at Breslin. Um, there are some really big games coming up um, for them in the Big Ten. I think starting with a trip down the road to the Chrysler Center. Where Ryan and I have witnessed a huge dub. So now that I say that, I literally have not thought about this until this moment. Maybe we have to go to that. Maybe. Maybe. Because it was an oddly similar season that year. We might, we might have to do that. We might have to do that. We'll see. Um, Hopefully Michigan keeps losing so the ticket price is going on. <laughs> Uh, that would make me nervous because <laughs> them coming out of a losing streak against yeah. Michigan State would not be great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, we did look at the schedule a little while back and said if we beat Louisville, they could be undefeated until they play Michigan, which we just mentioned, which would make them 13-2. and two. One of the best records to start the season, first 15 games in school history. I mean, that's just a fact. Now, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm pretty sure they're going to beat Oakland and High Point. Now, we are about to talk about Oakland, and my key words there were pretty sure. Oakland, yeah. Oakland is a pretty good uh, Horizon team. We'll talk about High Point when the time comes, but that's like over 30-point spread on Ken Palm. So, <laughs> um, hey, 23, pretty, put some respect on their name. Put some respect on Thomas Oh, you're right. Uh, man, I'm <laughs> tripping. 23. Um, okay. Oakland. It's an annual game. Often at the Detroit arena, but there it was in Breslin. One it of these it usually years. goes back and forth between uh, Breslin and LCA. But they played in, in LCA last year. They did not. They played You're at, certain? They played at... They, MSU played Oakland last year at Breslin. It was the COVID year. They played Breslin. No, I remember that, but I had to... The, the year before, yeah, that's why I said they go back. I had to before. listen to that game on radio, yes, actually. Yes, the game was... I was at that game. I thought it was LCA. But okay, I believe you. Yeah, it was, um, no, it was at, that game was at LCA. It was... I was at that game. The, the game two years ago was at LCA. Okay. It goes back and forth between Breslin and LCA. Got it. Well, that's kind of a raw deal for Oakland. Yeah, they kind of get screwed. <laughs> I mean, who's the bigger team? We know the answer, They're but... They're technically the home team, so, you know... Technically, it's know. not far. It's, well, <laughs> from the from the palace, it wasn't. But now that it's downtown, it kind of is far. Um, all right, Oakland. They are one hundred nineteenth on on uh, Ken Palm. I I would argue that Oakland is better than Penn State. <laughs> you might not be wrong. We're gonna cl- <clears throat> we're gonna look into them live here, so you guys can get a feel. They. <clears throat> Have played three Power Five teams. Okay, they went one and two, getting blown out by Alabama, which I think is a comparable that's, team that's, to MSU. That is, uh, that's kind of expected. Um, West Virginia, they almost, lost by almost, single digits. Yeah, they almost so. beat them, and that might have been. I think it was a close game. Most of that might have been in. Um, it was in Morgantown. Morgantown. Um, they did beat Oklahoma State, who's not bad. Oklahoma State is. They're not great, but they're they're a, middle, they're a middle of the road power five team, I guess. Um, so they, I mean, this team's beat a power five. Maybe it, you know it took a special effort, but other than that, we have a uh, a common opponent. Um, they took Toledo to the woodshed, and that was you know first week or two of the season, which you can always say is like. It's a wild card time of the season. You know, you'll have teams that look terrible but just squeak out wins. And then by, you know, January, they're, like, absolutely incredible. But you made, your, you made up your mind in November. Right. Um, 
basically, Oakland, I think this is a game that could be a scare for Michigan State. I honestly do. Um, this, historically... This is always a close game. Almost. Well, it's a, it's a battle, yeah. but historically, MSU doesn't shoot very well at the pro arenas. And that's been true for the last couple of times they played there. Um, the last, the, the, when they played there, Oakland was bad two years ago. When MSU ran them out of the building at LCA two years ago. But Oakland was pretty bad that year. I'm pretty sure they were awful. Let's go see the shooting percentage. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Um, Yeah, it was was a blowout. 72-49. But the shooting percentage is important. Um, Michigan State called it. 21% from three. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I didn't want to be right or anything, but basically this is a thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Michigan State could struggle shooting from three, and guess what? They've been shooting from three very well lately. So all of a sudden, they don't have this extra, what, 10 points, you want to call it? Maybe 12 to tack on just from making open shots that they might miss. Um, Oakland's a super solid team. Like Defensively, they're top 100. Uh, and MSU goes into these crazy scoring droughts, right? I'm just envisioning... A scoring drought where Oakland's got, you know, as much of a fan base as you could call there. And they get kind of rowdy. And this is a little bit of a scare because, I don't know, you always argue about <coughs> rust rust versus rest. You know, what do you think? You think that they're going to come out hot because they've been I, sitting around? No, I don't. I, I, I think this game is going to be a lot closer than people expect. If, 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 if I, if I, oh, we're going to get into that, I guess. I'm not going to give up my pick yet. But I think you're going to where I'm going with that. Yeah, uh, we are going to get into our pick. Um, let's talk about the guys. That dude, Jamal Kane, is pretty good. He tra- He's their leading scorer, and he transferred from Marquette. I think he averaged 10 points a game there last year. So he's played Power 5 competition. He's from Detroit. So uh, I think he's going to be – he's going to have a good game. So uh, they're shooting not great from three – as a team, 25.8%. That is bad. not a good it's, sign. No, that, that, that's bad. It's now, if you look across their averages, they just kind of don't have anybody who's making shots. Now, of course, you're going to say they're going to hit their shots against Michigan State because yeah, that's, that's right. how it works. That's how it's going to happen. <laughs> but um, Michigan State, one of the best three-point percentage against teams in the country, that's kind of a weird stat because part of it is luck. You know, They've had open shots that aren't going down, and that's – they totally blew their assignment. Um, I don't think that they're going to like actually go off. I find it unlikely because of the way Michigan State's playing defense right now. Um, it's everything for me is about Michigan State going very cold from three and having to grind this out in the half court where Oakland is decent. You know they held Oklahoma State to fifty five. They held West Virginia to sixty. Alabama went off, but they're a shooting sort of team. They Oakland plays this weird zone. Izzo kind of said it's like a a morph of three different types of zones, and he said <laughs> this is his quote: "A zone that he he doesn't even know if Greg Campy knows what it is." <laughs> um, so what they're doing is essentially thriving in in a zone where they can change their zone to complicate offensive sets for the other team. Um, in ways that are going to be specific, um, sometimes random, kind of what Izzo was talking about. And uh, say what you want. Um, some MSU fans think that Izzo has no way, no idea how to coach through his own. Um, I would say he's shown on some teams that he knows exactly how to, and it's just about executing. It's, 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 uh, yeah, it's a matter of execution. It's not um, knowing how to coach. But I have heard people you know, make the comment, like, how, how can Izzo not coach against his zone? Well, I mean, maybe Jim Beheim's zone. He's a Hall of Famer, though, so I don't know if that counts. Like, not every guy That's, running the that, zone. That is the literal only example people use. Yeah. And <laughs> how many other Hall of Famers run in zone? Like, none? Uh, Coach Rick Patino, because he's trying to confuse you once in a while? Coach K. 
He's uh he's giving him soft his soft. He runs he runs a soft defense. I was talking about my dog. So soft. Oh yeah, not coach not coach. So K. coach K is soft. definitely not soft. <laughs> I was talking about something else. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're not wrong. Um. This is going to be weird for Michigan State on offense, and I think if you see that it's a close game, I do expect the Michigan State to uh to win. But I think people are kind of like joining the the wave right now. Like Michigan State's legit, you know, that kind of wave. Um I think this is a ripe for a letdown. You know, like Yeah, I think this game is going to be a lot closer. And when I say scare, I think Michigan State fans are going to be freaking out like, like we're only up the, the, eight. The under 10, the other t- the under 10. Exactly. It'll be a close game. Now, under 12. On the right. flip side, they come in and they're shooting the lights out. I'm still going to be weary because they need to shoot a little less than over 40% once one in these games, right? It's going to come down a little bit. Um I if they come in and their defense just like absolutely locks down Oakland and even be, though their their offense can't really go, they're winning by 20. I mean, that is extremely like that's probably what's going to happen to be honest. But I do feel like this game is ripe for the scare, and that's why I wanted to bring it up. You yeah, know, there's a lot of factors, and um, Oakland. Some of these guys are from Michigan, like they grew up like yeah, they, wanting to get offers from state, and this is kind of like a let me show you type. Oh game. yeah, every, every every they play almost every time they play MSU, it's usually a pretty it's closer than people want it to be. Is they, a, they've came so close, yeah. so many times, and they've and, never got it done. And one of these days, it's gonna it's happen. Gonna happen. Maybe not though, but I really hope so. Um, Iso said something. I don't know if he was joking. He said something about he had Denzel call them and talk about when they were number one and almost lost. Dude, that he actually didn't play in that. He game. did not. He was hurt. Um, but yeah, that is something he said. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, they've had a couple of scares. They took them to overtime, I think, twice, and then, uh, well, yeah, that was one of them, and then I think they took them to overtime another time. So, I think all those games were at Breslin too. Every single one of them, they've taken MSU to overtime. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, uh, I. I always like I like playing Oakland, but there's like no upside. In, right, you know when Izzo kind of does do this for for Greg Campy. Yeah, yeah, and I think that I I might be wrong about this. I think that there was a lost like period where they weren't playing in yeah, Izzo. They were that. they were they were about to. I think it was after that. Uh, was that what well, when they had they had Michigan play UDM. And then MS, it was the it was the Miles Bridges sophomore season. They were talking about not playing again or something like that. And I think they got it. They figured it out and they got it done. But uh, yeah, they, MSU pretty much plays them almost every single season. So yeah, it, it's usually a fun game, but hopefully it's a lot more fun than. <laughs> I mean, it can't be. It must not be funny if you don't if you don't win. Yeah, it's he's fun, a good it's sport, fun for though. us because we win. He's a good sport, though. Oh yeah, I like Greg Campy. I do. I think he's a, I think he's a good coach. I think I think I find him very interesting. That uh, he's a guy that's probably had plenty of opportunities to go to a bigger job, and he's stuck around there for thirty plus years. So, I mean, hey, good for him. Um, so yeah, I don't know if we did mention this is an eleven point game on Ken Palm. Um. You know, we wrote down. I wrote 12. down twelve. There's no way it changed. No, it didn't change. I'm just stupid. That's probably what. It <coughs> is. Um. This is you know it's obvious why Michigan State would be the favor, the favored uh, team here by double digits. Especially, I think that you know they are capable of beating Oakland by twenty plus. Um, it's just uh the sort of how they come out after a break and kind of. I'll say this, okay. Oakland also has not played in two weeks, by the way. Just wanted to point that out. That's fair. And, you know, sometimes these things affect teams totally differently. Like, they needed the rest or they were too hot to stop. Um, Their last game was a loss, which, you know, could... Close game. You could say it's going to fuel them in this way or that, but um, you could say it might hurt them. It's it's all perspective. What I was going to say was... I listen to a lot of the national shows on college basketball, um, a lot of them. 
Not all of them, but a lot of them. And Michigan State really hasn't gotten any love nationally yet. Now, should they? They're like, they came out, what, 11th on um, the AP poll today? Yeah. I, a lot of, some of the guys I listen to and follow, they're putting them in the top 10. So that makes sense that they're dropping because, you know, some people probably have them much lower than 11 and then some have them higher, obviously. Yeah. Um, they're not getting like any sort of like pub though. And no, it's it's actually perfect. And I am not complaining in any way. Now I do kind of hope they talk about Michigan State so I can hear them, right? right. Of course. But um they aren't really get, I like just passing comments like they've looked good. That's about it. And I think that that's just great for this team. They don't need you guys are so good now. They, A team that comes with defense, that wins really just by shutting the other team down, to be honest. If we're being honest, the only two times they didn't do it are their only two losses. Yep. Um, if they shut the other team down, they basically just win. And they're getting better on offense, like game by game. It's getting clear. You could say that this time off would be great for their practice, which some people definitely believe that. And I could see that. I'm, I'm not a big... Uh... Sit around, guy. I don't yeah, I mean, you you can practice a lot, in, but it, I, it doesn't matter in this game because Oakland sat for two weeks too. So I, I mean, you know, in reality, but the argument to give the people who believe this a fair shake is that Michigan State is prepping for opponents specifically during the weeks, so they don't have a lot of time to actually just work on, oh, yeah, like on okay. their own stuff. Fair enough. And this time off, we'll let them maybe run a couple of sets that have been sloppy and make them sharper. Sharper, yeah. Um, you know, there's there's for sure merit in that. But uh, no no hype really nationally yet. Um, I think uh, – I know Michigan's not as good, but I think if they win the rest of their games and go into Chrysler and win, I think you're going to start hearing the national praises a lot more. I think that's what it's going to take at this point. Uh yeah, I think Michigan. I've been saying I. They I are think not. They've, they're 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 like an eight seed, seven seed type team. This maybe year. They, they are not that good. They could switch up hey, if playing they, time and usage. And I, I mean, they're very talented. I'm not they ready. Do to, have a lot of talent. I'm not ready to count them out. But you know, they are struggling, man. They are. They. Are they I know they, they haven't they won their They won their cupcake game as much as you would. They won, hoped, I suppose. they won their last cupcake game, but they do they do not look good in the couple times I've watched them this year. Right. So um the reason he said that is that's their next big game, yep. basically. I mean there yep. there really aren't any big ones until then. And that would be huge. And yes, they would be thirteen fourteen and two at that point if they won all those games in a row. Um which would be a big ass, don't get it wrong, because even Oakland itself is going to be no, a battle. Northwestern down the road is going to be. Yeah, easy. Northwestern, big. Um, it's there is a a run that could be made here, a real run, a big one, and I think that this team is sneakily, in my opinion, sneakily like showing their ceiling is raised, game in, game out. Like you can see something new and say, "Wow, you know, if they get a little more from this guy and they." The team is like, I think John Rothstein tweeted it. Um, Tyson Walker going to play more. He, I think he's the, the key. I think he's going to score more. But it's not the biggest drop-off when A.J. Hogarth no, comes in. it's not. He's a, he's a really good backup. And player. if you add them together, you've got a perfectly acceptable production value from your one spot. Like for 40 minutes, you've gotten what you needed. <clears throat> now, I think that... Hogard has some issues. I think part of the reason their offense comes to a halt is when he comes onto the court. Um, he's a little more um, tunnel visioned, a little more direct, and you know I'm a fan of his. Um, but um, in it's no comparison the way my eyes are seeing it when Tyson Walker is running the offense. I mean, he's launching these. I I love the way he throws some of these passes. He's really ripping them to people, and he'll kind of what. In soccer, we call them giving them the eyes where you look one way and whip it, you know, basically a no-look pass. But you're trying to lead them the wrong way specifically. Um, He's really crafty. And he hasn't even really shot much yet. 
By the way, he's like 63% from three. <laughs> Starting to take it to the hole now. I mean, things are about to get crazy. If he if he stays healthy, knock on wood, and if he uh, keeps growing in this fashion, like, it's going to get exciting. You got your one spot. Marcus Bingham is, you know, he's totally in there for Defensive Player of the Year in the conference. Oh, I said it before. Yeah. When he faces Kofi, when he faces Edie and Williams, like, that's going to be a big night for yeah. him, those two. But... He is right there. I said, um, I said it before the season started. I don't know who I'm missing, but guess who just won Freshman of the Week? Max Christie. I, I, uh, I don't know if that's an indictment on uh, the Big Ten's freshman this year. And I almost feel like Aikens was better in both games. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know if it was the game on Saturday. Maybe it was different weeks. but um, It was a Saturday game, so it was I mean, the same week. Aikens off the bench for a freshman is crazy. I rewatched Penn State yesterday, and there was a sequence where he got subbed in, I think for Gabe Brown, right? And this is a freshman for a senior, okay? Gabe Brown, best shooter on the team, leading scorer. Jaden Aikens comes in, has a sick assist for an easy dunk for Bingham. Sick assist. He has, honestly, some of the awesome, like most awesome passes. Then he gets a rebound down on the defensive end. Then he gets a rebound down, down on the offensive end. These are all in, consec- in consecutive plays. And then he hits a three that Tyson Walker rips over to him and he just pulls up. Like he knew he was going to do it no matter what. Hits another. Jaden Aiken's coming off the, the bench. Like this is crazy, honestly. And he looks like he's only going to get better. He's not going to shoot that well. Because he's been making every shot. But, I mean, he's getting steals. He's getting dunks. He's getting rebounds. He's getting assists. I mean, and now he's hitting all of his threes. Like, almost literally hitting all of his threes. Um, it's kind of wild. Uh, you've got a really solid team with few holes. And I think that this team, you know, I did say, I think that they're a dark horse to win the conference. I think it's a lot less dark of a horse yeah. now um i feel like they're right there in it to to have their say based on their schedule too it's not the toughest that's for sure ohio state's probably got the best schedule which puts them in prime position but man you know things could get things could get really crazy for this basketball team to be honest yeah um i'm not ready to get too carried away but I think I maintained all along. You might, you could maybe check me. Uh, I said that Sweet Sixteen should be like a goal yeah, for yeah, this yeah, team. Yep, yep. And now, you know, part of me even thinks like, well, that would be great, but <laughs> we don't, you know, just settle for Sweet Sixteens at Michigan State. I say we, as in the team, not the fans. I mean, fans are. You should be happy to watch every game, which I am, but. You know, with all of Izzo's success, you really be longing for more than a Sweet 16 with a team like this. I think that the defense can really keep them in any game if they're fresh. Um, I mean, they replayed K- Kansas right now. I'd love to see that game. Yeah, Baylor, I would be terrified. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, I think Oakland's probably going to lose. And our pick against minus 11 is what, Ryan? I am going to pick Oakland to cover the spread on 11 points. I expect Michigan State to win, like you said, though. <sighs> yeah, I kind of said it the whole time, so I guess I'll go with that cover. But it's going to be on that late game stuff. Yeah. Like free throws and them jacking threes. This is probably going to be a double-digit game most of the time. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I, I, we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, that that's more than likely. Ryan thinks they're better than Penn State. That could be true. I do think they are better than Penn State. Um, <clears throat> Penn State hit a lot of hard shots. That game should have been like a total blowout. Yeah. Yeah, they were hitting a lot of crazy stuff. Give them credit. They tried, but they're not good. They're much, not, they're much less good than Minnesota. That's for sure. Yes. Okay. Well, that's all we had, <clears throat> unless I'm forgetting something. Nope. I uh, hope everybody has a good Christmas and happy holidays, and uh, go green. Go white. They defended. They rebounded. 
And they got out and they run. And that's what Coach Izzo talks about. That's what they did today. And the Spartans, really from start to finish, able to get their first conference win of the season. And then off the face of Hauser. Izzo and company improved to nine and two. And the 19th ranked team now has 11 days to rest before their next matchup.